Welcome to the Les Spellman Podcast, where we redefine how athletes develop speed by giving them the tools to play faster. What's going on, my man? Come on, man. Thanks for having What's up? me on, dude. This is sick. Of course, man. Of course, you got the podcast mic out. Yes, sir. Does it sound all right? <laughs> it sounds great. It sounds great. Yeah. What's going on? We can we can hop right into it, man. What's 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 new? What's going on? Everything straight? Yeah, we, we just signed a lease today for that bigger spot, so we're moving in March, and uh, that first week of March will be in our bigger facility, and that's kind of what's new. We're just growing and getting a lot of kids that are halfway through about or almost the end of basketball season, so we're excited to get them uh, back in the gym a little bit more and get them recovered from the season. So. I love it. I love it. That's dope. Yeah. So give me, give me like your three minute rundown, like your story, like where you, you know, where you came from and how you got to where you're at right now. Oh man. Three minutes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, you can say, you can say as long as you want. <laughs> so I, I always uh, grew up playing a lot of sports. Um, went to Utah state. It was kind of set to walk on over there, play football, uh, tore my quarter set 10 and tore my Achilles like a, within one year, year and a half of each other trying to go through that process and then I was like okay that's why I was like something's going on I need to fix my movement whatnot so dove into the strength and conditioning side at and ended up changing my degree to exercise science kinesiology um, started helping out at the weight room for the the sports over at Utah State and then I also started a program uh, for the school and campus rec and ended up training a lot of the club sports so like women's lacrosse men's soccer and that demographic of college kids and that's where I Kind of got my start was I just started coaching and the school gave me way too much freedom and I didn't really know what I was doing and just started a program. but got the experience of, you know, running a gym, hiring coaches, trying to train them when I really didn't know that much, learning how to program, all of that. So it kind of got thrown to me in a, in a very aggressive manner and a lot of opportunities came up, um, finished school there, graduated with that degree in kinesiology, got offered a job in Salt Lake City at a, at a facility that. Uh, did like individualized training for mostly outdoor athletes, um, kind of higher end facility up in Sugar House, which is right near Salt Lake City, right where the University of Utah is. So I volunteered with the Olympic sports at the University of Utah in the strength conditioning room there, and then worked that job. Just had a difference in vision um, in what I was doing there. And I'd, I'd started my brand, Hanson Athletics Online, about 10 years ago while I was in school because people were leaving school. I had a unique opportunity where kids were leaving college um, and they wanted me to continue training them. So I just started like a Facebook group and was writing workouts, figured out how to do the online side, built my own website. So I started building the brand Hans Athletics like 10 years ago and then finally moved back to my hometown in Idaho and started up a physical location in my garage. Um, at that time we were working with anybody that would come in the door. And then over the last, this would be our fourth year, uh, we've just moved every year to a bigger and bigger spot. We've got a lot of almost all primarily middle school, high school athletes now and living the dream, man, just, just training people. I competed in Olympic lifting uh, nationally for three years, kind of did all the national meets you could do. I was I was good at the snatch and clean and jerk, um, used that to kind of build the team, get some more repertoire in the lifting community. And then I'd say in the last year and a half, finally started to see the holes with um, – including speed training, uh, getting the athlete. So we were getting kids stronger. We were getting people more robust, but I was like, okay, how do we give them an opportunity to actually display that in sport? 
And that was our, our weak link, I'd say, two years ago. And now we're starting to do a better job thanks to people like you that, you know, put out good information and help us and put out courses. And so that's kind of where our passion lies right now is learning more about that so we can have the most robust all-around program available. Um, but yeah, we've we've seen a ton of, of benefit from increasing sprinting, running, learning how to teach running, uh, doing better warm-ups, uh, mini collisions like pogos, dribble, just switches, getting the lower leg trained, ankle stiffness. Like we were missing that before and it was such a big limiting factor and now we're just like so we're switched on to that trying to learn and uh, that's that. where we're at today you know i love that no it's dope yeah in fact like i'm i have like a million questions now but uh talk to me a little bit about like your philosophy and the layout of the week like how do you train different components and where do you guys really lie philosophy wise uh so um as we started off with there's this company called Power Athlete, and we we kind of got a lot of we really like their like base level of strength philosophy of training for youth athletes. So we started out doing like a lot of back. Anyway, we we've molded. Let's just jump to where we're at now. We do every day. We come in and we spend 15 to 20 minutes on prep, warm up, uh, doing all that stuff I mentioned before. Then we usually get into um, some sort of I wouldn't call it. We don't necessarily follow triphasic uh to the t but we definitely do a lot of contrast stuff so we will you know we incorporate the front squat we love the front squat we use wedges we get kids uh, we do active foot stuff so we get people up in the front of their feet get them away from that knee behind the toe type of work uh, we do a lot of single leg stuff knee over toe if you follow ben and that knee over toe guy we take mm-hmm. some of his stuff but we'll do like a heavy front squat a sprint and then a jump and an unloaded or like an accelerated jump combine that all together with our older athletes and then um, finish off with some of that knee over toe stuff, single leg unilateral work. Um, but yeah, just trying to create a, a really healthy athlete and a, a capable athlete through range of motion. Um, but like I said, our, we used to be so centric on just the lifting part. Like that would have been like 45 minutes for a session. And I'd say now uh, it's probably 25 minutes. It's a little longer with our middle school kids. Like we'll, we'll spend a little bit more time on developing that base level strength. So they actually have the attributes, the trunk strength to like display speed. Um, but with our older kids, then we can start getting into a little bit more of that triphasic slash, um, more specific type of training for getting athletes powerful and explosive, but also able to display that. So that's dope. That's awesome. And, and when you work, your athletes are all sports, right? Yeah, man, we got, we got everything. We got kids even in here now that like, they just want to learn how to lift and they just want to be like, they want to know how to run. Like we've got kids bought into just learning how to take care of themselves too, which yeah. is cool. Like we have probably like 10% of our 15% of our kids are just in here because they like to be in here. They like to learn about it. Uh, our environment's super positive. I think we found a good way of balancing that line of like, I'm a younger coach. I'm 30. So I like, I see both sides of both generations where it's like be a hard ass or uh, foster kind of like the kid just enjoying be, being here but yeah. you gotta find that balance like we, our kids work hard because they want to and it's right. not we don't have to yell at them we don't have to scream at them we don't have to like we don't have to be mean to them in front of their peers at all it's, it's all positive in here and we get great results and I'm on that side so people call that soft but I, I'm really into that art of coaching and uh, Ben Bartholomew and, and his kind of philosophy yeah. of connection i've always been good at that connecting with people 
Um, so we incorporate both sides of that, but we haven't had any problems with kids not wanting to work hard. I think just because of the culture and the environment. So it's interesting how like, our coaches were growing up versus the way. Oh, it's so know. much different. Yeah. yeah, it's it's extremely different. Like it's it's also it's funny now because like even even college football is is shifted towards like a, a way more mindful type coach, and obviously you have like the aggressive and. Yeah, like some of the old school, like work hard type. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna do mental toughness type stuff. But you're seeing a lot of it go, a lot of it in college go towards performance, and you're seeing a lot of it go towards like the whole picture and tying in all these pieces and and all that, you know. So yeah, yeah. And what and what's interesting is like people will kind of talk, but like the the this generation coming up, it's like for good or for like better or worse, like they don't really like getting mother effed, like it you have to really, they have to really know you care about them. And there's a lot more connection for them to like buy in, in my opinion. Like it just doesn't work anymore. Like I used to like get yelled at by coaches and I just was raised in a way that like, if he's your coach, you just listen to him. It doesn't matter. But this next generation kind of like, I mean, I think, I feel like you have to earn their respect more. Like I just respected every coach just because I thought that was the way it was supposed to be. But they're, I would say they're a little more aware of like what's a good coach and what's not a good coaching. And, yes. uh, it's, it's interesting. So, yeah. I mean, social media also is like kind of, um, like they see so much stuff and they've heard so much and they're exposed to so much versus, well, I remember when I was a kid, I would go to the library and find like training books and like books on basketball. Like you literally had to go to the library to figure it out. Cause even like internet, like didn't have a ton of stuff on there. Maybe some articles or like magazines and things like that, but, or books like, that was it and now kids have access to so much like there's a lot of great content on tiktok and twitter and I, I i don't think kids are on twitter like that but definitely instagram tiktok and youtube you know so we're yeah. seeing so much yeah so but yeah it kind of leads to my next question is like where what, what's next for you like what what piece what weapon do you want to add to your arsenal from like a yeah. research standpoint okay so yeah that's interesting so I think we have a, I think we still have like a, a bit to go on our, our speed development in that side. And that's kind of like why we're teaming up with you, you know, oh. is we kind of want to, which kind of chose you as like one of our main mentors in that aspect. Um, and then adding, we're adding a lot of technology, obviously to our arsenal so we can track even better than before and really put together a whole performance port. Uh, portfolio on these athletes but also just to show them their progress and more than just you know three sets of five okay you increase by five pounds like i want to be able to give more of a, a, a portfolio be able to communicate to parents even better and show parents uh the progress they're making our next obviously we're moving into baker facility i want i think we're heading in a great direction with our physical location uh over time i want to find ways to I want to move Hans Athletics also to become an education company for coaches, like helping coaches, just teaching them how how we do the things we do, or even just like I'm really into the connection side, kind of like Brett and maybe that direction. I'm not really sure. I don't have a clear vision exactly on what it's going to be, but I want to help. I want to kind of transcend also to helping other coaches um, like I do on a micro level in our community and like where I've been, like in Utah, Idaho area. I have a lot of coaches that reach out but I would love to be a little bit bigger than that um, to help coaches around the U.S. and the world. And 
yeah, I want to help. I just want to help as many people as I can. And I feel like if you help coaches, you help all their athletes as well. You know, like you're going to have an influence on our 180 kids that are coming in here, even though you don't know. So I think that's cool. And I think it brings a lot of, like you feel like I would feel good about it as a coach and I'm providing value. And I mean, I love what I do every day and that would even push that to the next level, I think. Nah, it's dope. That's fire. Yeah, it's it's so, so crazy. You don't have any kids yet, do you? No, man, I can't even land. I'm gonna, yeah. yeah. Anyway, long yeah. story short, I almost got married, not married, and now I'm just like, so into the company and the business that it's just a whole nother freaking level. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm telling you though, when you have kids in a couple of years, man, it's like, you see everything differently because everybody you coach and everybody you interact with, you're you're seeing from a perspective of like they're somebody's child. And then you just start coaching just gets deeper. And then it becomes like fun. And like I would say like when I was probably twenty, twenty-three through thirty, I didn't have any fun coaching. Cause I was yeah. so stressed all the time. Trying to yeah. break it, trying to make a name, trying to figure it out, trying to get exposure, trying to get noticed, trying to get money. And then you hit a point where it's just like, it doesn't matter. It, all that matters is the session you show up to, what happens in that session, and then the follow-up after, and that's it. And like, if I just take it from micro components like that, that's how I've been living. Where like, this sounds weird, but I don't set goals anymore. I just set systems. So I have an outcome that I'm aiming for, but it's not necessarily like a, a severe timeline. It's like, I'm setting this system in place and here's the expected outcome from that system if I run this system. Now, if I change it, then I can't expect that outcome. But if I start and I set set it on that path, which makes me want to do better with creating my systems. And that's how like Art of Acceleration, Speed Pillars and all that stuff came about, which is just scratching the surface because what like we really do is it, it's awesome, bro. Like it's from tying in like the kinematic stuff. So looking at like the body, like looking at ground contacts, air times, body angles, all that. That's just our teaching model. So that's what I show up to the session and I'm coaching more intently on those things versus the physical side where it's just like, okay, I know based around their horizontal power and the force velocity profile, what the physical volume and the stimulus need to be. So I can really focus on that technical piece. And like now like tying in, you know, the whole like, wow, I'm a dad type coach. And tying in that, it just makes the whole process fun instead of always pushing for that next level, you know? Because yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, bro, like, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to coach with teams and things like that, and there's nothing more important than family and health and, you know, doing what you, and building your brand. Like, your brand is growing fast, dude. Like, I can, I can see it even just from an outside perspective, you know, not just we're in your location where you are, like, you're starting to you're you're growing like nationally and and that's the coolest part about this is like you're going to be able to take your philosophy coupled with like ours and a couple other people's and really put it into into your you know your your signature you know and that's going to be the coolest thing for you to, yeah. to experience so for, for sure and i feel i mean we feel like that in here already it's like yeah i care like all these kids in here like man yeah i don't have kids yet but i care about every one of these kids and i feel like I'm so motivated for it because it was like, I want to be that mentor that I wish I had outside of my parents, like growing up, but from a coach perspective where they can kind of come in here and be themselves and connect and they bring all kinds of stuff in here and we talk about stuff and 
it's just it, I don't, I care about all these kids. We go to all their games. We know them. we got secret handshakes. Every single one of them, like they, it's the best hour of their day. Like, like what really hit me was like last year, kids started like parents coming to us and they're like, we try to cut back on their sessions and the kids said they'd rather quit their sport and come here. And then we had some kids asking for sessions for their birthday, for Christmas. Like, I'm like, dang, dude, like I wish I, I'd been so cool to have somewhere like that where I was like, man, I, I don't care about getting a new iPod shuffle. Like I want to go and spend right. more time getting better, you know, like yeah. unreal. Yeah. That's love. So yeah. talk to me about like some of your influences, like who, who like was that for you when you got in the training industry, you know, like where did, where did yeah. your philosophies from? Um, so when I first started, um, I had a, a mentor named Brad Thorne in Logan, Utah. He owns a little gym called Cash Valley Strength and Conditioning. And he's the one that kind of gave me my first crack at training. I was like, Hey, I want to like, think I want to train people. And he was like, okay, start showing up at 5am. So like, I just showed up at 5am for free for like six months. And then he finally gave me a class, but, um, he, he really taught me like on hit on his end, it was how to run like a very, uh, a good community. Like everybody that's it, there's bought in. They really respect him. He takes care of them. He slows them down. Like when I was first getting into fitness, CrossFit was really big and everybody was like, want to go fast, fast, fast. He would like slow everybody down, make sure everything was in check before speeding up. So that was a huge influence for me and helped guide me. And then uh, I mentioned Power Athlete was a good education company. They're more on the strength side, but I kind of, I did all their certifications and got into the, their network and they've had a lot of influence on, you know, how, how to effectively start training like a young athlete. Um, and not doing too much and just giving the right amount of stimulus. And then from there, it's kind of been, honestly, like I just try to engage with a lot of great coaches on now that, like you said, like you used to have to like, like if back in the day, if I wanted to connect with you, I would have had to call you and say, Hey, Les, can I come like sleep on your floor for a week yeah. and watch you coach people? And now I can just like hit you up or I can ask questions and I can do your courses and stuff like that. So I would say, um, I've had a lot of influence from people, even on the internet, just being a 30 year old that can utilize, you know, utilize that network. And, um, so power athlete, big influence, Brad, a big influence. And then probably, yeah, you, you've been a big influence. I like another guy named Derek Hansen, um, Joey Burgles, Alan Bish. There's a whole crew at Utah state. Like you just met Joey. There was a whole crew at Utah state when I was there that all are like, way legit man like alan bishop is houston's basketball strength conditioning coach yeah, Joey yeah, runs that yeah. big yeah dude those guys were all at utah state at the same time like and they're mm -hmm. studs so i watched a lot of what they did like i i use a lot of stuff that they did um i follow them i engage with them so i i just felt very fortunate that they were there at the same time and i was able to like know who they were and and follow follow kind of as they progress and all of them ended up getting like moving into big, bigger and better positions. But yeah, I would say that those are kind of my main top ones and you for speed, man, just because like I said, we're this year and a half, but for me, that's as a coach, you know, that's like brand new. Yeah. That's yeah. dope. That's dope, man. Yeah. You're doing the right stuff. Those are all really good influences. Like Derek Hansen's a great resource for speed and Alan Bishop's great resource. We talk all the time. Um, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, we got like eight minutes and I'm going to put you on the spot 
and just what questions you have for me. Yeah, I, I actually thought about this. And I had a, I had one I wanted to ask you, um, and I think this would benefit other coaches that listen is because I think it's like a two. This is kind of like a trick. It's not a trick question, but I'm interested to see what you say is. So I've kind of worked backwards, right? Like I worked with you know, college athletes, probably a little bit higher level. And then now I've kind of come, I've moved my way down to like middle school, high school. And then obviously you're working with high, high level professionals. Um, I want to know like for you, what are the differences in the way you interact or coach like a NFL draft prospect versus like a middle school, high school kid? And if there even is differences or whatnot. So it's not, yeah, it's a good question. It's not a ton. I, I, I try like, honestly, it's in the past, I would have given you a different answer. So I'll give you that first. Like a couple of years ago, I would have said, well, I'll really get like, you know, technical with the NFL draft guys and I'll get really like, you know, just physically based with the middle school kids and have them run reps and all that. Truth is it's like, it's both and it's in differing like, volume so I'll, I'll, I'll pretty much like periodize my voice so in the beginning i'll talk and as we go through the training process i try to talk less and my goal is to try to talk zero so by the end of it if i do a whole session where i didn't talk at all or just a few words and it's it's successful and what i'm looking at right now is like with the combine guys is i i've really only coached one to three things a day in terms of stimulus, in terms of like what I say. So like, for example, uh, Monday was about this torso projection and it was about, gra it was about gradually rising. Um, and then it was, what else was it about? In in the stance, and that was it. So it was three, three points, a couple of coaching cues, and then we just went and I let the guys figure it out. It was kind of an exploration day. Whereas the first day I'm coaching everything Hey, fix this, fix that. Hey, do this. Because every time you use your voice, it's an intervention. And every time you intervene, they can't think and be powerful. And every time you intervene, they're going to think. So it's very, very, very hard for me to be, to think and be powerful. So even my draft prospects, like this year we have 10 guys are going in the first round. Probably got three that are going to the top five. It doesn't matter like who they are. It just matters like what I, what I noticed from them. Some guys do really well with cues. Some guys get very confused by cues because they're so naturally gifted at movement that the more I cue them, the more they think about what they're actually doing. And then they're like, wait, have I, am I doing it right? Like, yeah, you've been doing it right your whole life. So, yeah. A couple guys I don't talk to. And then they're coming to me after the session, like, coach, you mad at me? I'm like, no, I'm just like, you get it. You get it. So what I've tried to do is I've tried to create a classroom environment outside of training for those guys where I do break things down. I do talk through it. I have them take notes. But I don't, I don't do it in a way now where I give them all the answers. I make yeah. them figure out that, you know, same at the youth level, I make them figure it out. It's like, it's your process. You own it. You want to be a pro, you, you go and figure this thing out. I'm not going to give you every answer. So what I've been able to do is kind of guys that need more, they come and ask for more. Guys that don't need more, they're fine. And what we do is we track the data so intensely that we know if they're improving or not. I mean, I know every single day what their what their stance exit velocity is and what their first step velocity is. I know what their hip projection distance is. I know what their touchdown distance is. I know every single piece about their start or about whatever they ran that day to know if they're improving. And if, as long as we did a pretty easy system to know if they're improving, it's either green 
it's yellow or it's red. Green is improving, yellow is no change or minimal change, and red is, it's getting worse. And as long as they have all greens every single every single training day, I don't, I'm not gonna adjust or change anything. As soon as they have a yellow, we're paying attention. As soon as they have a red, we intervene. And then we just follow that system all the whole time. There's two guys I haven't said anything to in terms of corrections, not, not one thing. And it, it, it probably will stay like that as long as it stays green. Sometimes it shows up red because guys are fatigued or we court, like we basically do, we do a CMJ, um, every Wednesday and as they accumulate fatigue, we look for drop-offs like 10 to 15% drop-offs when they experience that, plus it's red, plus their, their wellness data pops up as sore, tired, not enough sleep. Now we know, okay, cool. Well, this isn't a, this isn't a technical issue. It's a physical issue. So you earned a rest day, take the day off, get in yeah. the pool, relax. Right. At the middle school level, obviously we're not tracking all that, but like, I still, I still coach to a model and the model, it, it doesn't matter who's in front of me. We all, like they obviously learn a little bit different. It's a little bit more fun. It's a little bit more engaging, but I don't coach to, I, I pretty much coach to our model. I don't coach to like who's in front of me all the time. So like I'm conscious of who's in front of me and how they learn, but they still have to apply the same principles and the same concepts. So everybody does a series and nobody moves on to the, to the fancy a series until they complete that a series, no matter if they're a pro or middle schooler. So I still have guys that are on level one. I have guys that are level four, which I'll send you like, go have, there's different levels. And the key is that like, you just let people progress as they progress. I'm not in a rush, even for combine, there's a lot of stress and pressure around guys running fast. I don't want to say I don't care, but I care more about their development long-term as an athlete and health as an athlete than I do about forcing a time on each guy because I can get time. Trust me. I could just stack volume and intensity and crush them. And then look what happens in six months. Oh, wow. He had an ACL. Oh, wow. He had a Achilles or he had a back injury. It happened. Is it worth it? No. Yeah. I look at it from a three-year standpoint. These guys aren't going to leave. Like they're going to do okay. And we're going to have them for the next three years to the first contract. They're going to get paid and then they'll come back. You know, that's how I look at it. So. Yeah, I love that. And that, that kind of, at the beginning, it alluded to what I, the route I thought you'd go down to where, you know, there's like not a ton of, dip, like there's difference, obviously, like with the high level, you got to track, you got to get more into the systems tracking, but it's like connection and then like letting the athlete learn and develop in the way that's best for them and like understanding each athlete. And it's, it's kind of, it's like simple, it's like complicated, but it's simple. Like I think a lot of times with social media, it's easy for coaches, new coaches get caught up in like, what's the special drill? What's like, what's, what's the right thing. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, it's, it's, it's simple. It's just connecting with the kids, giving them a right outline and plan and just helping progress them through it and let them become the point. Like all my kids that are in here one day, if they wanted to be a coach, I want them to be able to like know enough that they could coach. So uh, that's kind of my big goal. And, and with you guys, like, I also want to like, yeah, I'm going to look, we want to learn all this stuff from you guys, especially how to like create these profiles for athletes and, and the, the correct testing protocols and whatnot. But like a majority of my athletes probably won't even, I mean, we'll have some that are going to go to colleges with some D one kids and stuff that are already know they're committed and training for that. And those are the people we'll probably dive into that with. But 
a majority of them won't get into that. I just want to get that system in place so we can provide that value for those people that do get to that next level. And, and as we progress as a brand, if we start to attract those higher, higher level athletes, like we just have to have those systems in place, like you're putting in place, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like you're coaching people and people all need the similar things, you know, <laughs> for sure, bro. Uh, it's the last thing I'll say, and then I'll, I'll let you run. So out of my, out of my staff right now, there's several former athletes and they're in their twenties now. And, you know, several former, my athletes that I coached since high school or sometimes middle school. And then on top of that, some of our investors were guys that we had since high school that became pros that became investors. Right. So like you're building people and everybody deserves the same amount of attention, whether they're pro first round, first pick, or they're just showing up in their seventh grader. And like, that's what you do a good job of. And like that right there, that un helping them understand the processes of how to improve it's regardless of what you do after, whether you're an athlete or you're accountants or you're, you know, whatever you do, it's the same process for everything. And the goal is to get people to automation. The goal is to get people to, to autonomous so that they don't have to think it becomes a natural pattern of how they move or how they think or how they do things. And you have to get out of the way. So coach's job is to intervene just to get out of the way. And that's where most coaches go wrong in this industry is where they continue to overcoach and overcoach and overcoach and overcoach versus coaching to eventually get out of the way. And I like, for example, what we do every Thursday, the guys do a self-guided warm-up by themselves. They have a card and then we take the card away. So by week six, there is no card. They have to memorize that piece. They have to understand the intensity of how to warm up. And we just sit back and watch because when they get to the NFL combine, I'm not going to be on the field with them telling them what to do. All right. Yeah. Now do, uh, now do this stretch or now do that. Nope. You get there and they say, Hey, you number one pick, you got 30 minutes to warm up and then you have to run a 40. You have to act accordingly. So. You know, and then when they get to the NFL, NFL warm-ups are eight to ten minutes sometimes. So if you don't do a warm-up before the warm-up, you're not going to play in the NFL very long. You know, sure. Yeah. So just little things like that, man. I've I've really just been working on internally and reading books like um, Atomic Habits have been helpful. How to develop a, a, a sustained habit, get these guys in in a, in a rhythm. But I'm rambling. I appreciate you, man. This has been awesome. We're going to do more of this, but um, thank you so much for being a part of the team and just rocking with us. And it's real, bro. Like I, I'm like, bro, I'm a human. I'm a real ass human. And I fuck with people if I have to edit this part out, but I, but I fuck with you and like, I really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Same to you, man. I, I we feel we're very uh, optimistic and we're thankful that we get to be a part of it. And, you know, even from the beginning before all this, you were always, you know, willing to message back and, and connect. So I knew that you were someone we kind of wanted to invest in and get to know and spend time with. So I highly appreciate it. Uh, just know, you, you know, you're influencing us and it's influencing our kids and we couldn't thank you more, man. Let's get it, man. We'll talk soon, let's, bro. Let's get it. Take it easy, sir. Peace. See you, man. Thank you for listening to the Less Bowman Podcast. If you do me two massive favors, first, please rate the podcast and give it five stars if you enjoyed. If you didn't enjoy it, please still give me five stars. <laughs> 
Second, please share this podcast with another coach, an athlete, or a parent who wants to learn how speed is developed. Thanks again for listening and check out the podcast description to learn more.